Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I'm single, very single, but I love to date. Dating is something that I am no stranger to at all. But I wanted to ask you, so I went out there, met a couple of you guys, and I asked, how's dating going for you? Um, I just got broken up with about two weeks ago. Their loss. Their loss, exactly. I actually met one of my really good friends through dating and it gave me such a positive outlook going into future dates because I always think, yeah, okay, they might not all be romantic connections, but at the end of the day, I could just go and have a lovely time and meet a really cool person. I think there's a big like hang up on using dating apps and I think yeah. people are, are reluctant to use them because of some sort of like romanticism about the past, but I think that there's no real reason that you shouldn't just get on it and yeah. try it out. It's hard to meet people in real life. Yeah, like I hate dating apps. Hinge is low-key disgusting because number one, the people on it are not it, except us. And then, and then I can't really connect with someone over just message or voice note. So I feel like it's like a forced thing and then dating's like, oh, okay. I think it's a bit difficult with um, hookup culture nowadays. Uh, a lot of people, you don't really know their intentions when you're going on a date. So yeah. everyone seems to be wanting something different. It's kind of hard. Yeah. As someone who doesn't really participate in hookup culture and dates more as a, like a long-term thing, it's pretty difficult, yeah. Okay, so at least I know I'm not the only one that thinks it can be tiring at times. Meeting someone that you get on with who is like-minded, also I want to be attracted to them and I'd like them to be attracted to me, it's not always that straightforward and maybe you can relate as well. But where are we at? Dating shows are really popular. Think Love Island, Celebs Go Dating, Love is Blind, my personal favourite. And whether you love them or loathe them, there is a dating app for every scenario. We're also fascinated with these romantic stories of meeting that person in real life. So as we wrap up 2023, how do you reckon dating will look differently next year and beyond as well? The dating app Bumble, where women make the first move, did this massive survey of its users and it looked into the future of dating and the results are in. So this report predicts that there are a few things we can look forward to if we're planning on dating in 2024. People are going to be a little bit less judgmental about looks when it comes to dating. Age gap relationships are still in and it's not all about hitting those milestones. You can take your time a little bit when it comes to finding a partner. The data gives the impression that maybe we're moving away from being so superficial and maybe there is a little bit more wholesomeness in dating, which I hope we're all here for. 
As well as that, we found that 75% of Gen Z feel that they are challenging dating and relationship standards that were passed down to them. This is according to Tinder's Future of Dating report. So there's a shift happening when it comes to dating. And I want to explore that. We're going to hear from noted listeners on this one, as well as experts to help break down these stats and help you lot out. So if you're trying to meet your new boo, it shouldn't be so stressful. I'm Mary Randerfield, and this is Noted. I'm going to explore some of these predictions, but it's not just me. I have got the help of an expert for this. You probably know the TV show Celebs Go Dating. It has me hooked because you realise that celebs, even with all the money or success still have those same hang-ups and awkward moments when it comes to dating. And the dating agents on the show are there to guide the celebs and their potential partners as well. So today I'm joined by Anna Williamson. She's an agent on the show and she's also a relationship expert and a life coach too. So there are loads of predictions in this study from Bumble, but I'm going to pick out just a few of them. Starting with people taking relationships a bit more slowly and not rushing to reach each milestone in their relationship. Does it surprise you that 31% of women are saying that they are no longer focused on adhering to those traditional milestones in a relationship? Not so much surprises me, but delights me. And I would quite like that statistic to be even higher. And my prediction is that that statistic will continue to increase in a good way because we are all influenced by those around us. You know, our friends, our family, culture, society, people on social media. What is, you know, what is the person next door doing? And a lot of my role and my work um, as a coach and as a therapist is really helping people to stop measuring themselves against others. And, you know, I remember myself literally hitting 30 and my boyfriend at the time, we'd been in, you know, a couple of years into a relationship, thought this was probably the one. Uh, he was seven years older than me. You know, again, you feel that pressure. You know, all of my friends around me, some were starting to get into serious relationships, think about marriage, think about commitment, think about babies. And at that time for me, that relationship actually ended when I was 32 because we were we were misaligned in our values, unfortunately. The desire to have family was something that was really important to me and was a deal breaker. And you have to be very honest with yourself about these. And we'll perhaps talk about values as we go on in the podcast. But you can't force them. My grandmother always says, it always sticks with me, my, my darling Nana, who, who's departed now. And she always says, it never does to make things fit, dear. And it's true. These big things in life, you can't just you know, brush them under the carpet and hope that they will either change their mind or change themselves. You can't change other people. You can only change yourself and your own attitudes and own behavior. So that relationship ended. And I genuinely remember feeling this desolation of um, pressure of sugar. I'm 32. I don't want to be single. I don't want to have to start again. So almost angry and resentful about that. So that doesn't help when you go dating because that's a terrible mindset to be in. And it also increases this sort of desperation to find somebody. Uh, and this is completely the wrong mindset when it comes to dating um, and relationships because, and I speak for myself, you know, that mindset was purely driven by society and measuring myself against everyone else's milestones, society's milestones. So, um, yeah, I think the milestone thing is uh, a source of great pressure for people. And one, I think we really do need to 
reframe because I haven't met anyone that has found that a positive thing with, oh, I need to meet someone I want to know why. And I always ask that person, and if they're coming to me for dating relationship advice, what's the why? What is driving that? And that is the answer you need. What about people who are kind of early on in their dating, kind of exploring relationships, maybe for the first time? What kind of pressure do you think people on that kind of side are under, even when you're in the first couple of months of dating? Yeah, I think it's around the pressure to commit, the pressure to become exclusive, the pressure to have sex, to be intimate, and Again, with those milestones and those expectations that are placed on you, it's really important to remember that your milestones and your goals and your expectations are completely unique to you. But yes, there does seem to be this pressure around, particularly in dating, at how many dates or how many messages is um, is this going somewhere? After how many weeks or months do we go exclusive? And, and I feel this because we live in a dating landscape where it is very, um, you know, it's like shopping. You know, we go into the dating world and be like, there's just so much choice out there. But the problem with that is that then comes with its own problem of overwhelm, where there's too much choice out there. And people feel like disposable. Like even when you're dating someone, it's like, well, if this doesn't work out, then I know I can go out there and there's like a thousand other people who I could go on a date with. And that's quite scary sometimes. Yeah, and I don't think it's a good thing because I it's we're not investing our time. And I think, again, this goes down to the milestone things. Where there is this sort of misplaced feeling that you need to reach a certain point next, what you're not actually doing is leaning in to your situation, your unique situation, and going at your pace. And that's your pace and your partner's, potential partner's pace. And it's really important to ignore these milestones in inverted commas and actually go with what you need you know do you need to go slower you know some people take months and months even years to really properly want to commit some take days and what is important to do is to communicate with your partner and it is it's like doing a little a little dance together you know you throw out a little bid do they receive that bid and throw one back to you and then you figure out when you feel comfortable about hitting milestones another milestone i think that comes up is about going exclusive and announcing your relationship to the world you know not just if you're a celebrity but for everybody you know when do we go official and it, again it's when you feel comfortable and your partner feels comfortable i find the announcements so fascinating because it is it's like everyone whether you're in the public eye or not there's a soft launch there's a hard launch <laughs> there's almost like a statement to be like we are together and there's the like, red carpet yeah it's the obligatory photo you know it's there so it is. dramatic I do kind of love it though and um, we have got a stat as well from this report that one in eight are actively avoiding friends and family who are putting pressure on them when it comes to these timelines and I think especially with the holidays coming up if you're going home and seeing your family and you're around all these people and they're asking what's going on with you and so and so and have you thought about moving in together have have you thought about the next steps it's like actually back off and I think Chill. if you have control then yeah maybe it might be like avoiding those friends that always ask you about relationships because yeah I'm the like chronically single one in my friendship group of lots of engagement rings and lots of weddings which I love but it can be hard sometimes like always hearing like how's it going with that person you're seeing and you're like maybe my pace is, is different to your pace 
Right. And I think what's really, firstly, I want you to reframe that word chronically single. I quite like okay. it. <laughs> okay, good. As long as you like it, then that's good. That's good. I'm not sick. Good. I wanted to check in on that. Fine. Good. I wanted to yeah. check in on that. I'm always, I'm always catching in. I'm like, hang on a minute. Do I need to? No, that's fine. You're good with that. Yeah. I love it. Um, but I think it's important when it comes to friends and family is to... It's a difficult one because it depends who's asking you the question too. Like you don't want to upset granny, you know, if granny's just being granny, sticking her foot in it because they've, she's got absolutely zero tact. But it is also okay and really important to, you know, lay down those boundaries around what you feel is an acceptable conversation. Um, you know, we don't have to get all, you know, silly about it and, you know, hyper defensive. But I think there's a real sweet spot in actually I'm fine like whatever your answer might be to that but if you are avoiding friends or family like you say with the statistics it's that you know what I you know this is not a you know topic that I you know find particularly happy one at the moment uh, I'll let you know when there's good news or I'll let you know when I've got something to report back on and it's really important to draw that line in the sand and you can do it nicely and kindly So a couple of weeks ago, actually, we did an episode on Noted about toxic masculinity. And we were talking about how this kind of online toxicity affects the real world. And some of those big names that we talked about are people like Andrew Tate, who is a self-proclaimed misogynist. And that the scale of his impact is crazy. It's huge, especially amongst younger men. And I guess as much as we see that quite scary side... I do also see a lot of examples of positive masculinity and better role models out there. And now to see that open-hearted masculinity is becoming more of a thing, a trend and a prediction when it comes to dating, then that's a big deal. So according to Bumble survey, when it comes to relationships, 25% of men stated that they have actively changed their behaviour and they have become more vulnerable and open with the people that they're dating, more so than ever before. And again, 25% of men say that this newfound openness has had a positive impact on their mental health. Anna, why do you think that vulnerability and openness is so important in a relationship? Uh, it's it's everything. We know that men typically find it difficult to talk about their feelings. We know that the biggest killer in men under the age of 50 is suicide. And men typically find it a lot harder to tap into their emotions, uh, emotional intimacy than women do. And it's really important that we... You know, we give that platform for guys. We we know, and I'm speaking as women here, we know that men find it more difficult to talk and to connect to their vulnerable selves. And, you know, that does tap into self-esteem and self-confidence and feeling like they have those platforms, those people, those places to trust, to be honest and open. Um, so we need to help guys do that because the more we do that, the more wholesome you're going to find those relationships. And some of my most favourite people in, in my life, my husband included, are the ones that aren't afraid to wear their heart on their sleeve and to say, I'm struggling and this is what I need. I've made a mistake, but I want to do better. And that's to be really encouraged. And I think there's nothing sexier than that as well. And I think as well, it's almost a responsibility for anyone that does date men is to hold that space for them and like to not then make a big deal about it if they do act vulnerable or right. 
want to have a little cry or whatever it is. Yeah, and I think and I think it's again you're absolutely right, Mary, and it's and it's holding that space for us to behave and react accordingly. You know, not mm. to kind of get oh my god, that gave me the ick. You know, I think we can all throw yeah. that out nowadays. I mean, you know, I'm but, done with that word. You know, my friend. Yeah, but it is really important. You know, to I mean, sure, you know, someone crying their eyes out of your feet maybe not be the most sexy thing in that moment. But hey, listen, this is relationships. It's where we need to get real because you know, sure, once you've gone past those first few months of having wild sex you know and everything you know it always shifts desire starts to shift into feelings and emotions and when that starts to kick in emotional intimacy that is what underpins a relationship so we can't tell guys we want them to be feeling and vulnerable and then not allow them to be and then chastise them for it we have to allow that to happen and then i think everyone wins okay so we've got a voice note on this from raspberry they're 25 and a drag performer from dundee a straight masculine man nowadays understands that to connect to people and to be able to have like this kind of relationship, you need to be a little bit more emotionally vulnerable. You need to be able to talk about your emotions. I think especially all these seven different and broadcast companies, for example, have just been doing all these big things about talking about your mental health and talking about these things that people get so scared to talk about. I think a lot of it is to try and persuade people who are like masculine presenting people or even feminine presented people as well because women can bottle stuff in just as well as men can but it's to really persuade people to open up about their feelings and i think once people are ready to do that the dating sphere of going into 2024 is going to look so different a little bit there from raspberry about being more open however you present and a big focus on what is on tv whether it's campaigns i guess as well like tv shows like dating shows um that has a big influence on on how we behave and how we interact with each other oh absolutely and i think it's important to digest you know whatever you want to watch you know whether it's on tv or on socials tap into the the channels the platforms the people that resonate with you and where you feel comfortable where you feel represented not just that but also where you feel natural curiosity and I think if we stay in a curious mind um that is where I would I'm sure we all would love to live in a in a world where everybody's accepted for who they are I would love that more than anything you know um but I think the way to do that is to stay curious and to reserve judgment got another voice note from Amani she's from Birmingham okay for me it is one of if not the most important things that me and my future partner share the same core values this is because your core values are just you at the core it's what you believe in it's what you love it's what you're passionate about and if you have someone in your life who doesn't feel the same way about those things or you know doesn't believe in the same things politically or religiously or anything like that especially in this climate it's it becomes difficult if they can't resonate with the building blocks of you how can you build a foundation on that so how important is it to you that you and your partner are on the same page? For Armani there, it seems like it's quite important. And, you know, this goes beyond liking the same films or both enjoying going out for a pizza. Like, OK, that's things you have in common. But I'm kind of talking about the bigger stuff, the things that are really important to you. Your values, your beliefs, your morals, that kind of thing. How you engage with the world. And 25% of people said that it's key that their partner actively engages with social causes and politics as well. And in fact, that makes them more attractive. Anna, what do you think? 
Right. So, so there's a difference between having similar interests and then having similar values, because what this really comes down to is similar values, because we can have a similar value, but a different interest. Okay, so we could share the same value of uh, we value creativity, but you might be hugely into a really niche area of art. So it can be very, very different, but essentially the value is there. You know, it's what you place a high importance of. It's, it's kind of your life's rule book. Um, and these statistics, I think, yeah, are very reflective of how uh, particularly Gen Zers are now uh, dating, but everyone in general, which is really, really good. It's really wanting to have meaningful relationships with people that don't just love the same movie as you. Like, that's nice. I'd say that's the, that's the sprinkles on the top. If someone enjoys the same cuisine as you and enjoys the same movie genre as you, that's that's great, okay? But like, what really matters is the meat, okay? Or if you're a vegan, the heart. Um, the tofu. Well, yeah, whenever it may be. Um, the mushroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so that's really what it's about. It's about seeking out, and with these statistics around, you know, having different similar political views or what you're asking someone is what, what their value system is. You know, what do they, you know, do they value diversity? Do they value equality? Do they value fairness? Uh, do they value hard work? Do they value family? Do they, you know, what does someone value? And that's, that's what you're eliciting from somebody when it comes to being aligned, but it is about being respectful of those. It can be very challenging in a relationship in particular because, yeah, if someone has completely different values to you, um, you will find yourself quite misaligned and it'll take a hell of a lot of compromise in order to agree to not disagree. But it's not impossible. Okay, that is really, really good advice. For anyone who's listening to this and thinking about dating in 2024 and beyond, maybe it's their first kind of real experience of this or, you know, early on in the dating world, what one bit of advice would you give to them? Oh, gosh, just, this is so, this probably sounds so wishy-washy, but just be you. Like, seriously, just be you. Not the you that you think you are or that they might want. Just be you. If you love playing chess and going to bed at eight o'clock every night, that's okay because that's you. And guess what? There's somebody out there that's a chess playing early to bed person that's perfect for you. I think for 2024, it, what we're continuing to see this trend, which I'm you know, a big fan of, is really unapologetically being okay with who you are. And if you know that, if you're cool with you, then that right person will be more than cool with you. I love it. On that note, Anna Williamson, thank you so much for joining us on Noted. You're a star. Thank you so much. Loved it. Right, the final thing that I want to speak about is realising that it's not about perfection. So being yourself, but also the person that you're dating, just let them be themselves as well. We're not here to try and change them. That's coming up after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. 
I love self-development as much as the next girl. I think it's great that there are so many ways now to be more open, to be kinder, to kind of work on yourself. And I mean, that's good. But you can't ignore that there's also this huge pressure to be super productive, to constantly be making money or being healthier or just having a better lifestyle. And it did actually leave me really sad to find out that 27% of people in the UK are currently feeling unworthy of a partner, as if like they're just not good enough yet to meet someone who would want to spend time with them or love them or, you know, potentially build a life together. And I think a lot of that is down to that that pressure. There are people who are pushing against this perfectionism, with 68% of women taking active steps to be happier with who they are now, not just thinking about a future version of themselves who is then worthy of dating someone. I wanted to speak to someone who actually specialises in this idea of perfectionism. So Thomas Curran is a psychologist and he's done a TED talk on this and even written a book about the topic. Thomas, welcome to Noted. What do you think of more people not trying to be this perfect version of themselves when it comes to dating? It's a really positive development. Uh, the, the the results are really striking, actually. That's a big, big chunk of people in the survey that are taking active steps to be happier. And I think that is looking after ourselves is such an important part of having a healthy and happy life. And there's many ways you can do that. The dominant way in culture is to tell you that you have to look a certain way, have a certain thing, be a certain place in the stage of a life. And this is, I suppose, a tyranny of shoulds. Well, there's another way to look at it, which basically says, actually, where I am in the here and now is enough. That I don't want to push myself well beyond comfort to try to emulate some kind of ideal. And actually, there's something joyous about just accepting all of myself and all of my feelings, good and bad and indifferent and, all, and everything in between as, a, as part of a happy and healthy and balanced life. So I, I think it's a great development that people are moving towards that kind of happiness and away from the more sort of materially pressured artificial happiness. And what do you think the impact is of having this approach of just showing up as you are and being more accepting of each other? I think it's just way more natural, isn't it? When we're upfront and content with who we are and we're able to know that we're imperfect and other people are imperfect and nobody can ever be made perfect. And if that's the starting point for our interactions, I think there's something really humanizing about that. But I also think there's something really connecting about it, it too. If we're constantly worried about how we're looking and we're trying to find the perfect partner, that rubs off in our social interactions. They become more artificial. They become a lot more stilted and difficult. But if we just turn up with all of ourselves and all of our feelings, knowing that we're not we're not perfect, but we are who we are, I think the people that we interact with recognise that. They see that, and there's almost a sigh of relief that, that you know, actually somebody is, is, is as real as I am, and they're in, as imperfect as I am. So it all sounds pretty positive. Why do you think that we're seeing this shift in attitudes towards perfectionism, not just for ourselves, but of our partners as well? There's something quite satisfying in not pushing ourselves and, and finding that actually we're happier and no less productive. 
uh, doing so. And that's the curious thing about the scientific research as well. We see time and time again that less is more when it comes to work. If we rejuvenate, we're happy with oil loads at work, we can actually get exactly the same amount out. And that's research from all sorts of different studies showing us that. And I think people are just realising that. They're seeing, you know, that this uh, excessive need to excel and, and pressure to look and be more is is uh, is misleading if it comes at the expense of our health and happiness. And and then when it comes to social media, look, I, I think young people in particular have just had enough. They see social media for what it is. It's just an advertising device that projects images of perfection at us 24-7 and, uh, and then throws a targeted ads our way when we're at our lowest. I, I think the, the veil has come off a little bit. People are seeing that, they're recognising it. And they're saying, no, actually, we want to use it in different ways to connect with people, to cement offline relationships and to show our real selves to our friends and family. Right. Lots of chat about dating in lots of different ways. And I think obviously having those conversations with Anna and Thomas, who both really know their stuff, I definitely realised that the way that we're dating is changing. And when we're looking to the new year, how we approach it is kind of up to us. You can definitely move away from the apps if they're not your thing. I'm saying this from personal experience, like you don't have to force it. It might feel like a scary thing to do, but look, you can meet people in loads of different ways, like a uni society, join a running club, go to a networking event and get some free drinks, go to a creative meetup. Like you can meet as many people there as you do match with on an app. And I know that so many people can feel tired when it comes to dating, but going over this research, it feels like hopefully, maybe, we're going into this like wholesome era. So being more open-hearted, being more vulnerable, and just showing up as yourself. You don't have to force it. But I hope that you've managed to take something away from this and the research from the survey as well. If you have got your horror stories or maybe success stories about dating, or maybe you've got your own predictions for how dating will look in 2024, then just let me know. I love hearing from you. You can drop me a WhatsApp. The number is in our show notes. And of course, I will be back with you next week with another episode of Noted. This is a podcast by The News Movement, produced by Persephonica. Persephonica.